When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. The following is a presentation of Learfield. Welcome to Duck Insider. Our whole athletic department, there's a level of expectations of success. Touchdown, Oregon. He can run and slam. is back out for a three. Left wing is good. In the air to center, back at the wall. It's out of here. Really excited that we get to rep our ducks and hopefully come back to Eugene with some championships. Indoor track and field national champion. Oregon repeats as the Pac-12 champion. And for the fourth time in the last six years, the ducks are Pac-12 champions. We have so many teams that are excelling right now, and it's really fun to be a part of. This is Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Live from the Country Financial Studio, here's Joey Mack. Busy show today. We're going to hear from the voice of the Utes, Bill Riley. Get the Utah scouting report from the side of the 430 kickoff when the Ducks will play on ABC in Salt Lake City. It's actually officially a 444 scheduled kickoff. Could be a 449 scheduled kickoff, depending on what ABC decides to do. Either way, pregame show on the Oregon Sports Network begins at 2.30, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we also have some news about Kayvon Thibodeau, our graduated duck, brought to you by graduate Eugene. We're going to hear from Alex Forsyth, Verone McKinley, Anthony Brown, uh, and Sean McPherson is here again today, ladies and gentlemen, OSN broadcast intern extraordinaire. Sean, what's up, man? 
Oh, not much. Not much. Done with classes for the week. And this is uh, this is one of three shows that I'm on today. And this is this yes. is the most special, Joey. I'm not going to – this is the most special. But oh, thanks, I man. do have three shows today. What else, cool. you, who, what else are you doing today? We got Steve Tannen at 4. All and right. We got Quacksmack on KWVA at 6 p.m. Excellent. So, so hey, to our boy Tannen, uh, Steve, go easy on Sean. You don't need to, to, to quiz him on his Yankees knowledge just yet. He's yeah, not, he's if not he quiz me on that uh, – I wouldn't be Big there. Yankees guy, wouldn't uh, be there. as you know, Steve Tan. That'll be fun. So, the, well, so we're kicking it off with a bang then for Sean if you're live with us in the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau today, or actually yesterday, defensive end uh, for the Ducks, a finalist for the 2021 Bronco Nagurski Trophy, awarded the most outstanding defensive player in the nation, one of three finalists for the prestigious honor, along with a defender from Alabama and a defender from Georgia. Thibodeau, the second Nagurski Trophy finalist in program history, the first since Haloti Nada in 2005 and he was the bronco nagurski national defensive player of the year uh for the week following oregon's win over ucla kevon thibodeau was so uh, impressive stuff he just continues to surprise and not surprise at the same time yeah i mean every single game he is the other team's number one target i guess you could say they're always double teaming him they always the scouting report always has capital letters kevon thibodeau in most of the games, it doesn't even matter. And so this weekend, Joey, I'm intrigued to see if he can get after Cam Rising, who hasn't turned the ball over in some time. Yeah, it's been over a month since Cameron Rising has thrown an interception. And in the advanced stats and interceptions per pass, his percentage is the lowest uh, in the conference, Sean. So, yeah, it takes care of the football. Uh, I think that's going to be a key to this game. If the Ducks can get after him, put pressure on him, force a turnover, maybe force an interception to a guy like Verone McKinley, who's tied for the national lead in interceptions, We'll see what happens. Uh, I think that is a big key. Uh, Ducks and Utes coming up, 4.30 kickoff on Saturday. We'll be traveling tomorrow. Programming note, Duck Insider, if you're live with us, usually in the 1 o'clock hour, we're actually doing the show from noon to 1 tomorrow because we got a flight to catch. Uh, we're going to be heading out to Salt Lake City, and then the Ducks and the Utes coming up at Rice-Eccles Stadium, 2.30 pregame, 4.30 kickoff. Time for our graduated Duck. It's always brought to you by our friends at Graduate Eugene, the smartest place to stay for Oregon football fans. Alex Forsyth decided to go with the Oregon offensive lineman this week. 303-pound out of Westland, Oregon. The six foot three junior went to Westland High School, started all seven games at center for the Ducks during that shortened season a year ago. That after, as a sophomore, he saw time in five games at three different positions left guard right guard and right tackle he redshirted in the 2018 season or excuse me in the 2017 season and played in five games as a redshirt freshman in 2018 has already earned his degree alex is going to be successful in whatever he decides to do in fact he interned with oregon sports properties over the summer alex uh, with the sponsorship wing in oregon athletics alex forsyth uh, wants to maybe once he's done playing football stay working in sports so He's actually done intern programs all over the place. Talked to a lot of different folks, uh, including the folks that we work with in sponsorship here at the University of Oregon. Alex Forsyth, our graduated duck, has already gotten his degree. And, boy, what a valuable piece he is to this Oregon team in more ways than just on the field. Right. He's uh, he's the guy that they sent to media day earlier this year in mm -hmm. San Francisco. He's the guy that kind of leads the offensive line with a lot of talented people. And a couple things on Alex Forsyth. Alex Forsyth, excuse me. Um, he went to Westland High School, which you mentioned. That team was in our division in uh, in high school, oh, and really? that team was unstoppable. He was part of a an amazing high school team. They went undefeated and they won the state championship. They were dynastic, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, they were. Uh, they were a very good team, and Alex Forsythe was a huge part of that. And now he's on this Oregon team, his second year as being a real contributor to the squad, and he's a huge piece of it. The offense, you can look at the stats. The offense goes as he goes. I mean, yeah. when he's healthy, the offense is significantly better, and he saw that on display. The last couple of weeks with how well they've been running the ball 
over you know both Washington schools. Yeah, cool to see an Oregonian succeed. Uh, cool to see a guy who's just loves this program as much as he does. Already has earned his degree. Alex Forsyth, our graduated duck. Brought to you by friends at Graduate Eugene, located in the heart of downtown, uh, the smartest place to stay for Oregon football fans. You're coming down from West Lynn. Maybe you're staying at the Graduate. Let's hear from Alex Forsyth. Uh, he talked to the media for quite a while, actually previewing the matchup with Utah this week. Games with Utah. I know you actually haven't. I was thinking about this. I haven't really played Utah, yeah. but yeah. You, you understand being around the 19 team, and the yeah. 18 team, and what it takes to beat a team like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, th- I think they're, you know, they're they're a real physical bunch. You know, the program that prides itself on a lot of things we pride ourselves on, and that's, you know, running the ball and being able to stop the run. So, um, it's you know, Coach Whittingham over there. He's got a great program. He's built a great culture around there, and so. Uh, it's kind of like looking in the mirror for, for us right now. Uh, you know, two programs that pride themselves, like I said, on stopping the run and running the ball. So, uh, you know, it's always a really physical game, so I'm, I'm really excited for it. They're very disruptive defensively in terms of tackles for yeah. sacks and leading the conference in, in both. Mm-hmm. What is what is it? You see that going into a matchup. Does that alter anything for you? How do you how do you handle those? You know, it's just going to be an extreme challenge um, for our offensive line, for the running backs, you know, for, for everybody up front running the ball, um, you know, protection. It, it's going to be us passing off games, you know, uh, you know, just executing our assignments to the best of our abilities. Um, so I know the coaches got a good game plan going. Um, so we just got to go out there and execute, execute for us. How's your, how's your back feeling? You uh, it's, feel, it's feeling great. Yeah, yeah. I think the, you know, the first game I was back, Washington was kind of trying to feel it out and trying to, trying to see, you know, how, how it was feeling. And then last game felt, felt a lot better. And so right now I feel, you know, I feel really good. Sal has been, yeah, all you guys have been key to get the results that you guys have, Alex, but Sal has been the one to take on a lot of the better edge rushers throughout the course of games, took on Cam Good, took on uh, Stone a lot last week. Will probably draw to Fu a good amount this week, him and TJ. How key is what Sal has done over the last month in particular to the results that you guys have had? You know, he's been huge. Um, you know, the edge guys that we played, we, we got a lot of good edge rushers, a lot of good interior guys, just a really underrated, uh, you know, an underrated part of the Pac-12 is, you know, the, the O-line and D-line, um, and especially, I think, the edge rushers that we've gone against. So, a, you know, all the tackles have done a great job of, you know, kind of neutralizing them, and that, that really allows us to, you know, open up the game the game plan and, you know, run the ball better, um, give the give the quarterback more time so we can run deeper routes. You know, all, all that stuff kind of opens up. Um, but he's, he's done a fantastic job. When you guys are looking at them from a running game standpoint, what are the games that are most relevant to you? Is it Oregon State and UCLA and Arizona State who had quite a bit of success on the ground and stylistically? Because, I mean, you're not a run and shoot and you're not an air yeah. so I don't think that USC or Wazoo yeah. are the more relevant games. Yeah, I don't, I don't really watch that film a whole lot in terms of because we don't really do a lot of that unless I'm looking for third down scenarios, you know, what they're kind of running. Um, I've been watching a lot of UCLA, Oregon State, um, Arizona State, you know, a lot of those games where we run somewhat similar. There's some similarities, at least there. Um, you know, I think we're kind of unique. I think the whole Pac-12 has a bunch of unique offenses. Um, you know, Oregon State runs runs the ball as well as anybody, so it's, it's good to watch their film, especially when you're playing teams. Um, but, yeah, so just been kind of studying those games, studying how, how the defense is going to, you know, line up against those. The defense has talked about how they've gelled because they've gotten more consistent just in the, the personnel's played together. You guys are playing your best football now, but it's kind of hard to argue that considering how many guys are in and out of the lineup. Yeah. From a cohesive yeah. perspective, like how do you account for three straight 250-yard rushing games, 200, you know, 300-yard games, yeah. you know, protecting the quarterback with yeah. all that going on? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's been tough this year. It's you know, I went out and then now Ryan. It's it's been tough. You kind of had to juggle guys around a little bit, um, trying to figure out the lineup, but. 
you know, I think I think for us, it's there's kind of some. I'm not, I don't want to say there's benefits to that, but it kind of forces guys. Okay, I have to step up my game that much more because I gotta, you know, I gotta make up for this guy not being here. If if that makes sense. So, I think for us, it's been the biggest thing is like it's made us more cohesive because it's like okay, we're we're down a guy, we're not gonna have as much depth. You know, we really got to come together and uh, you know kind of execute execute this whole time. So, I think for us, it's been that's been huge. You've seen a consistent seven, eight, nine kind of guys rotating in. Uh-huh. There, there, there are guys we haven't seen that you're seeing progress. Like guys that are not maybe on game days aren't showing it, but throughout the week, maybe with the scout team that you're seeing make progress as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, out of the guys that I, you know, that haven't rotated in a whole lot, um, you know, Jalen Jeffers has done a great job. Um, he's always a guy that, you know, when, it, when his time comes, he's going to, you know, take it and not look back. Um, he's gonna, he's been doing a great job, and he's a guy that you've, you know, really seen progress. Um, you know, the guy, I think Kai Arneson, they kind of tried him at center, and, you know, he's been doing a great job. I've been working with him, um, you know, just from snapping the ball all the way through, you know, what, what the steps are on inside zone or wide zone or, you know, on this pass play, we're doing this. Um, so I think, I think for him, he's, he's really improved a lot. Um, you know, obviously Jackson um, has rotated in. He's, he's doing a great job. Um, and, yeah, so I think, I think those are the guys that just come to mind right away. Maybe he's a guy who seems to look for contact in the running game. Uh-huh. He just said he doesn't like sliding. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. As a guy who's blocking for him, I mean, what's, it, what, what's your reaction when you see him putting his body on the line as often as he is? For you guys, I think I think it's cool in the moment, but it's, when we come back on Sunday, I was looking at him. You got to start sliding because it, <laughs> it's scary. To, I kind of hold my breath every time I see him. No, but he's 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 a he's a big quarterback. Um, you know, he loves to run the ball, and so and he also I don't know if you guys saw, but one of our last touchdowns, he was out there lead blocking. So he he's a very unselfish player in terms of if he's not running the ball, he's going to start blocking. So I think he just he just loves he's just a physical dude, and, and you know he loves the physicality of the game. Um, you know, I think he's probably an O lineman at heart. Um, maybe in another life he was an O lineman. Uh, no, but you know I, I wish he would slide more. But you know he loves the physicality, and, and I love that part. So. How much does that play into the way he commands respect? How you guys look at how he asserts himself? as a leader things like that yeah I think for us you know he's, he's always been a great leader but you know the fact that you got to be willing to put put your body on the line for your brother next to you so I think I think especially with that um, he knows we'll, we'll do anything for him and I know he'll do anything for us so I think I think that aspect I think that's a good point because he I, I know he's going to put his body on the line for the team so and we'll do the same for him yeah thank you sorry if you've been asked this before but you guys are traveling to altitude this weekend you can prepare for crowd noise for, for weather but it's hard to prepare for altitude is, there, is that something you've been focused on this week uh, no, I think it's kind of something that I don't know how to simulate altitude, so we can't really can't really prepare. I mean, it's just going to be I can't change it, so it's just going to kind of be it, it is what it is for us. Um, you know, we practice practicing the motor day, um, but they open up all the doors and turn on the fans, so it's gonna it was pretty much the same conditions we'll be playing in. It was about 44 degrees in there, so I think for us it's just going out there and trying not to worry about whatever whatever the external factors are and just kind of focus on what we got. I asked several coaches about this, Alex, but yeah. I came up for you guys in particular last week. So mm-hmm. as the center, it's the most important for you. Disconcerting signals and defensive delay has become a growing issue. <laughs> and uh, on that play where it went uncalled, yeah. but uh, you got 12 yards anyway. Yeah, we did. Um, so how, as a center, yeah. how important an issue is this how big an issue is this in the course of games not with any one opponent this has happened all season yeah. it's happened for years no it, it has it has i think it is a, it is a big issue and they need to address it um and not to name any opponents but the opponent we played last week definitely had a read on our cadence and first play they kind of they kind of got away with it. i told the ref i said hey just just watch out for this because they're you know they're kind of mimicking and then on the one play you're talking about they 
they did a, a full clap, and I was like, I, I snapped the ball, and kind of nobody was really moving. And Ivy's like, go. And so I just started going. I was like, dude, I heard a clap. And he's like, well, I didn't clap. I was like, okay, well, then it was it was him. And I knew the guy who was clapping. So we told the refs, and he looked out for it. Then they started calling it. And then it slowly became better and better as the game went on. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of teams are doing the move stuff now where they, you know, they stem the front. And when you hear move or go or shift, whatever it is, you know, they can sneak in some other words to kind of mimic the cadence. So, I mean, I kind of, it kind of is what it is right now. Um, you know, I really hope that they kind of do look at it in the offseason um, and try to stay on it more because it, it shouldn't take halfway into the game to start calling that um, for a penalty. So that's just my two cents about it. What's the reaction when you, even in real time, forget about tape, but when you do look back at tape and see that, like, your left guard doesn't move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not. It's not knocking George. No, like, no, just, no. The, the fact that like you got 12 yards, yeah. despite the fact that no one knew. Like neither line of scrimmage actually really knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It, it's. It's. It was definitely kind of frustrating to look back at the film. as like, okay, well, I mean, we got 12 yards, so I consider ourselves pretty lucky for not having half the line move. It could have been a lot worse, but it was, it was kind of frustrating because that was something that I had worn the uh, rest about and stuff and you know they and they did a good job about it um you know after that i told them what exactly what to look for what, what was what was happening they, they did a good job of that um you know after that it, it's kind of hard they got a lot of stuff to look for so it is kind of hard but you know it was it, it was good second half they, they really cracked on it and called called both teams for it so that's Alex Forsythe. I thought that was really interesting hearing him talk about, you know, the, the interaction that they have with officials during mm -hmm. a game, Sean. I mean, that, there's a lot that goes on within the game that, that I don't even see on the sideline a lot of the time. That was one of them. Right. Those defensive delay of games have been an interesting – Yeah, it's kind of weird. Interesting storyline the past couple of games. Weird. Uh, weird. Yeah, weird. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I sat down with the voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, and we've got that for you coming up next, Sean. And that's what's coming up next on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon, Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota, let's go places. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon athletics because student athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon, Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota, let's go places. Your daily dose of Oregon athletics. This is Duck Insider from Learfield. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s, like go back to college, Learn to skateboard? Whoa. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody. But saving for retirement is. At aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a free three-minute chat with the friendly digital retirement coach, Avo, and receive personalized tips to help boost your savings. Start chatting with Avo today at aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but... Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. 
Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Joy Mack with you in the Country Financial Studio, virtually in the Country Financial Studio. On that little TV over there is Bill Riley. He's got his Utah colors. He's the voice of the Utes, among other things. Uh, he actually has to do a midday show that's three hours long every day. Bill, how do you fill three hours every day talking about sports? Well, luckily, this is a good football market, kind of like your market is. People, I can talk. Pac-12, Utah, even some BYU, although we're the Utah flagship, so BYU a little bit. But people here <laughs> eat up college football, so this time of year. And then we got the Jazz rolling, too, so you got some of that. And I, I'm also the voice of Rayel Salt Lake, Major League Soccer team, so they're in the playoffs. So I, I can fill it, but, uh, you know, it, it's usually those summer months, Joey, yeah. you know, those June and July months where you're like, Okay, let's come up with a topic today that hopefully catches. Yeah, I, I hear you. Well, Bill, I, I always love coming on with you, so thanks for always coming on with us. Uh, if you need somebody to just fill some time and talk about anything and nothing, I, I'm for you on, on in July, okay? I'm here for gotcha. you. That's, uh, I, I get it. That's why we take the month off for Duck Insider in the month of July. Bill doesn't have that luxury. The Utah season so far, Bill, I mean, it, look, we've been talking all about it all week. The coaches, players have been talking about it ever since uh, – one of our fans just called him a rising star going in at quarterback. Uh, it seems like that uh, the season took a change for the better with Utah when Cameron Rising went in at QB. Yeah, he, he was a big part of it, Joey, but it really started with the offensive line. The offensive line was really in flux the first three games. I mean, they got by against Weber State. That's a 1AA team. But BYU and uh, San Diego State, two good teams, Utah's offensive line, they had some guys out and were injured. They couldn't find the right combinations. And as a result, they, they were out of sorts. Quarterback wasn't even Cameron Rising. It was Charlie Brewer, the, the Baylor transfer. But once they got the offensive line settled, and it was about midway through that San Diego State game, they kind of turned. Cameron Rising went in. And since then, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You could have Marcus Mariota back there. But if your offensive line is in flux up front, He's going to struggle. You can only do so much. So once that line got set, it really allowed them to run the football and let Cam Rising showcase his skills. And he's been really, really good. Utah, it's been the one thing really that's held them back since they joined the Pac-12 was consistent good quarterback play. They got it with Tyler Huntley back in 2019 and rode it all the way to the Pac-12 championship game. But Rising's one of those super sophomores. He's been in the program for three years. He transferred from Texas. He's got a great personality. He's one of those guys. Every team's got two or three of these guys that they can walk in any position group room, and the guys just love him. He, he's one of those guys that's a connector on the team. Teammates love him. He was voted a captain even though he didn't win the job outright this fall, and they have had a different feel about him. So I'd say offensive line first. But there's no doubt that Cameron Rising has had a big impact on this football team. What are his skills? Coach Cristobal said that he's probably an underrated athlete, an underrated runner. Uh, what, 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 what can you say about what he brings to this position? Well, I, I joke about this oftentimes. We call guys dual-threat quarterbacks sometimes that are really running quarterbacks that can kind of throw it. Yeah. And I think Cam Rising is a true dual-threat quarterback. He's run for over 300 yards on the year. And remember, he didn't start the season. 
but he's thrown for almost 2,000 in that same point in time. He's a really good athlete. He's also a little bigger. He's six foot two, about 220 pounds. So he's not quite Anthony Brown big, but he's big. He's a very good passer, but he's got that ability to get out on the edge. So if Andy Ludwig wants to roll him and throw, he can throw on the run. They, they've called some design runs, kind of student body left and right. So he can do that too, but he's also a really good pocket passer. And the fact that he's been in this system, Joe, he was sitting in the booth with Andy Ludwig watching Andy call plays back in 2019 mm. when the Utes and the Ducks played the Pac-12 championship game throughout that year because he had just transferred in and he wasn't eligible to play yet. So they had him sitting upstairs on game day to get a feel for the offense. And so he's now really been immersed in this offense for three seasons, two as a player or two and a half because last year was half a year and he got knocked out. But that first year he was here, he was sitting side-by-side side with Andy Ludwig. So great football IQ, but really good athlete, too. Safe to say that's part of why he, he hasn't thrown an interception in over a month. Uh, he's just a smart football player, sounds like. Yeah, it, it, it is. He, he doesn't take a lot of chances. And, and the fact, too, is they've run the football really, really well. Tavion Thomas, TJ Pledger, Makai Bernard. So they, they haven't been in a situation where he's had to force anything. He's real smart. He's safe with it. He's taken a few chances and gotten away with some chances. But, yeah, you're right. He hasn't thrown a lot of picks because they've run the ball well, and when he has thrown it, guys have been open. Bill Riley, voice of the youth, joining us. Uh, two teams that like to win in the trenches, uh, probably the two teams that pride themselves on physicality more than anybody else in the conference are meeting. Uh, you said the offensive line's been really good as they've settled in. Uh, safe to say whoever wins the trenches is probably going to win this game. Well, I think so. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Utah's offensive line is playing very well right now. Their defensive line is playing well, too. It, it's not the same defensive front that they had back in 2019. There's more younger players. This is this is a team that it's interesting, Joey, 60% of this team are freshmen or redshirt or super freshmen. This is still a relatively young team, but they do have some key players. You know, Devin Lloyd's been, been around for a minute. Mika Tafua's been around for a minute. So they've got some key players, but that defensive front's a little bit younger than that offensive front. So while they may not have those guys like a Lecky Fotu or a John Penasini who are now playing in the NFL, uh, they've got guys that are pretty good, but they've got those great linebackers. We've got a Sewell like you've got a Sewell. We've got Nephi. You've got Noah. I, I would tell you that, that Devin and, and Nephi are a terrific combination, and the safeties have played really well too. So. While the guys up front aren't eating like they used to, what they're doing is a good enough job to let the linebackers and safeties do some eating. Bill, you talked about how in the BYU and San Diego State games, still dealing with some attrition on the offensive line. But what the heck happened in the loss to Oregon State? Well, they didn't struggle to score that day, Joey. They put up 34, and they got stopped at the goal. They got a little too cute at the goal line. You know, you have Tavion Thomas, who goes 230 pounds, and he's six foot three and you've got a good offensive line, they, they got a little too cute down there. They were stopped on the one and on the two. So that there's two. They still scored 34 in that game. If you punch one of those two in, you beat the Beavs that day. But the bigger problem was defense that day. I mentioned it's a little bit younger. They were playing 9 and 10 true freshmen and redshirt freshmen that day. And you know the Beavers like to run the football. It doesn't take much. Just even harken back to that 2019 championship game, you take one wrong angle, and Utah took a couple on C.J. Verdell that day, and they're gone. Well, they took some bad angles on B.J. Baylor and on uh, and on uh, the quarterback. His name is now escaping me, and, and it cost them. And when Oregon State was able to run the football. So Utah's good, and they're pretty good against the run. But when those younger players who haven't seen a lot of action take one bad step or one bad angle, 
uh, teams that run it well, like Oregon State and even Oregon, can punish them. Yeah, Chance Nolan uh, definitely has some of that athleticism at that quarterback position. I feel like Anthony Brown does too. You know, I, we're getting yeah. toward our, our keys to the game here, Bill. But first, I, I got to ask you just about Kyle Whittingham. I mean, 17 years as the head coach at Utah. Tim DeRuiter said it this week, like, man, they've got an identity and they just know what they're doing. Uh, just how cool has that been for you to be a part of that that staff continuity with Coach Whittingham and just everything that he's brought to the table for you fans? Well, Joey, it's so big. And by the way, just a note, if they are able to beat Oregon on Saturday night, he becomes the program's winningest coach of all time. He's tied right now with Ike Armstrong, who coached back in the 20s and 30s. But, yeah, if Kyle gets the win, he's tied right now. He'll be the winningest coach in program history. Continuity is everything. But maybe more than that, it's knowing who you are and building a good culture. He's had a good culture in place. And good cultures mean the coaches aren't always on players. The players almost run the program inside that locker room. And that's where it is here. I think Mario's probably done some of, the, some of that same stuff in a short time up there. But knowing what your identity is and not getting away from it is big. And in a day and age where everybody likes to spread the field with four and five wide receivers, at some point in time, you're going to have to be able to run the football and be physical. And Utah can do it. Oregon can do it. Stanford used to be able to do it, and that's when they were having some success five and ten years ago. But, but that never fails. I mean, look at Ohio State. You saw them earlier this year. Look at Alabama. Those teams are known for throwing, but what do they do at the heart of their offense? They run the football. They're physical up front. I think that's why Utah and Oregon have played so often in recent years. Utah's going for three of the last four. I think Oregon's going for three of the last four Pac-12 championship games. It's because they know who they are and what their identity is. And, yes, yeah, staff continuity certainly helps there, too. But when the head man's in place and there's a good culture there, too, that makes all the difference. Voice of the Utes, uh, Bill Riley joining us. What's the atmosphere going to be like on Saturday? It'll be great. Uh, since the last time you were at Rice-Eccles, they closed in the south end zone. Mm -hmm. And so they've added an, addition, an additional 6,000 seats, some of it premium, some not. But it's it's markedly louder now because there's nowhere for that noise to escape on the south end zone. So it's going to be, dare I say, very Austin-like. Not quite as many people in there, but it's going to be really loud. Now, you guys played at the Horseshoe earlier this year. That's 99,000 people. So I don't think that Oregon's going to be intimidated by the atmosphere. But noise is a factor. Let's make no mistake about it. You can prepare all week long for it. But that, that may cause a false start at some point in time. That may cause a delay of game at some point in time. It will be loud. And I, I always say this. I don't know if you feel the same way. I like a day game because I don't always like working until 2 in the morning. <laughs> but night games always feel like they've got a little more juice to them, don't they? When you play that game in the evening, sometimes it feels got like, like it's got a little more juice behind it. Yeah, in the words of Mike Jorgensen, uh, when I always describe our student section, he says, uh, I, I always make the joke that, yeah, there's a lot of there, there's a buzz around here. And then Jorgie goes, yeah, that's because they're buzzed. <laughs> you know, that's sometimes what it takes. Uh, that, that's well, we. And you are in Oregon, too. That's right. That, bu that buzz can take many forms <laughs> in that student right. section in Oregon. In Utah, it's probably a caffeine, that's right. Coke or Pepsi buzz. Up there, it's probably a little bit different. Oh, that's right. Bill Riley, voice of Utah. Um, what should I pack in my suitcase? What are we talking about here? Do I need, like, five layers? Oh, no, no, no. It, it's, it's actually going to be great. It's not going to be, like, what did you – are you dry from last week yet? No. But thank you no. for asking. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched that game. You had to have been soaked on the sidelines. No, it's going to be great. I, the sweatshirt should be terrific. 
It's going to be temperatures at game time should be right about 48, 49 degrees. It'll drop into the lower 40s, but it should be a great night for football. Clear skies. That's awesome. All right, uh, the obvious question then. Uh, let's leave leave it at this. Keys to the game. Uh, Utah wins if what happens. Ducks win if what happens. Well, obviously the turnover thing is always big. You can't do that. Uh, uh, to me, Utah's got to get Oregon in third and longs. And that means being good against the run on first and second down. Um, you know, Oregon's so good with Die and even Brown running the football. And even on third and long, if you don't account for Anthony Brown, it could be trouble. But I, I think if Utah can get Oregon in some third and long situations and let the pass rushers really tee off, Utah's leading the league in sacks right now. I think that's good. And on the other side, I, I think Utah's just got to have good – they're going to have to run the football a little bit, but I think they have to have some good balance and, and maybe make some plays down the field. But if Utah doesn't slow the run down on first and second down, um, it's going to be a long night. Utah leading the league in sacks. Utah leading the league in points per game. Usually a couple statistics that are indicative of a – team that's playing good football they should probably account for number five too they didn't do a very good job of that in the in the Pac-12 championship game he's, he was only a freshman then I think they kind of know who he is now he's pretty good uh, I'll tell you what a lot of coaches have been talking about how good number three is too Brandon Dorless has been getting a lot of attention uh, the last few weeks uh, well Bill I like, Riley, I like number one for you guys I, I think Noah Sewell is an absolute beast and, and to me you can kind of scheme for guys like, I mean, it's hard to do with Kayvon, but you could run away from a defensive end. Yeah. When you've got a great linebacker who can run sideline to sideline, you can't, you can't run away from those guys. You're right about that. Bill Riley, voice of the Utes. Uh, Bill, I can talk to you for hours. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in person in Salt Lake City uh, this time around. Uh, thanks for the time, buddy, and looking forward to shaking your hand again. All right. We'll see you soon. Jerry, Joey, and Georgie, right? That's right. Uh, the three J's. I'll see you guys Saturday. All right. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a prerequisite. It's got to start with a J and end with a Y if you're going to be part of our broadcast crew. Who's to know if all of us are actually using our real names at this point? I mean, I, I, who, who knows? I Honestly, I don't remember after all these years. Bill Riley, Voice of the Utes, uh, kind enough to join us. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from Verone McKinley, Anthony Brown as well on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. After two years of construction, my wife and I finally moved into our dream home. So when a bathtub fixture broke, causing major water damage, I was glad we had the home insurance protection we needed. How do you know your home is protected? Talk to a country financial rep like me, Nick Simon. We can help you understand your options and select coverages to meet your needs. Then if something happens to your home, you won't have any surprises. Need the right coverage for your home but not sure where to start? Visit TakeSimpleSteps.com or contact a local country representative. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon Athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Listening to Duck Insider. Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. 
visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Back inside the Country Financial Studio, you're listening to Duck Insider, brought to you by On Point Community Credit Union. Anthony Brown, Oregon's quarterback, he faces a tough test this weekend going against a Utah defense that is first in the Pac-12 in sacks and tackles for loss. He caught up the media yesterday. Let's go ahead and hear from Anthony Brown. I guess in particular... What have you thought of Devin Lloyd and Sewell at linebacker? Um, those two at linebacker, they're really, really good players. Uh, but overall, as a defense, they're very active, very disciplined. Um, and they're ball hawks. They fly to the ball, and they play as one. So just working that throughout the week, um, preparing ourselves for that. Your game, you feel like every game, physicality you know, is a big importance, but the team that kind of dominates the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball, offense you, defense you, is that kind of like the maybe the key of this game is who can be the most consistent there? Um, I would say so, yes. And uh, I would say even from knowing this matchup historically, uh, it's always been that way. So, yeah. You're always confident in your own line. You guys have played really, really well the last set, like really month. What has been for – Sala in particular, but really, I mean, you guys, he's neutralized a lot of the better pass rushers. He's got probably going to face Tafu a lot this week. Mm -hmm. How key has he been to keeping you clean throughout the last several games? Very key. Uh, He's been working really hard in practice, uh, working on new techniques, working on different uh, forms and a whole bunch of other things uh, to keep me clean, and he's been executing it really well. What do you see out of Devin Lloyd on tape when you guys were watching this week? Oof. Extremely talented, uh, huge kid. He's fast, and he's just a ball player. Um, and he's one thing I do know he's going to get after it on defense. So, how much extra emphasis is there when you're playing a guy like that? I mean, it's probably the same way that a lot of teams try to game plan against KT. I would say basically what you said. Uh, it's, it's a lot of emphasis on it, um, and just trying to figure out a way to neutralize him. The new rankings came out. Your thoughts on the departure of Micah Pittman? I'm not going to speak on it uh, right now, but yeah. The new rankings came out last night. Utah's mm-hmm. now number 23. You guys are number three. I know it's a whole one and no mentality. It's week by week. But how important is it having a top 25 matchup with this backstretch of the season approaching? Um, I would just say it's important because it's, it's the game. It's our matchup uh, in the Pac-12 that everybody's been looking forward to, I guess, for a long time. And uh, it's right in front of us. Uh, it's right there for us to, to go after it and, and just get after it against these guys. So um, they're a really good team, and it's an important game, especially with them being ranked and us being ranked as well. So. Do you guys feel like there's a target on your back? It's always going to be a target on somebody's back. But considering the stakes and what is possible in these next few weeks of a college football playoff? Um, 
I would say so, but it, it doesn't feel that way, uh, given just the way people have been viewing us as a team, um, which is fine. Uh, I'm not really too worried about it, but uh, just going out there and handling our business and figuring out what we can do for ourselves. So you go against them in practice uh, every day, but what strides have you, have you seen the defense uh, make throughout this season? Um, they communicate really, really well. Um, that's been a huge thing, especially in practice. Uh, they've been playing very instinctive and just understanding the situations uh, and their situational like awareness has increased tremendously. Um, and they've been getting great at it. So, Three or four weeks, you've been really effective in the run game. Do you feel like that added wrinkle to the offense has maybe open things up even more for Die and Cardwell to run because so much attention has to be on you as a runner as well? Uh, I, would, I would say so. Um, now it's one more person to worry about, so obviously you can't just have uh, two people worrying about a running back and just leaving a quarterback alone. So I would say just being a part of the run game and affecting the defense as much as I can is good for us. When you carry the ball 17 times, how much more do you feel that on Sunday than you do in a week when you're dropping back more? Um, to you? <laughs> kind of, not really. Uh, we, we work out a lot, so I, I prepare my body for this, um, and it doesn't really affect me as much. Is, is that? I mean, it seems like you carrying the ball so much is a, a somewhat recent development. Is that something that you planned on doing all year long, and now your body's just ready whenever you have to do it? <laughs> um, it's not something I planned on, but uh, it just happened to happen, and I've just been ready for it. Do you enjoy running over people? Seems like you kind of seek out kind of that style. That um, it's not that I enjoy running over people. I just rather not get hit in the head while I'm trying to slide and falling asleep on the field. So, yeah. You guys are obviously a pretty run-heavy team. As the leader of the offense, how do you kind of keep everyone engaged, even if the ball isn't coming their way sometimes? Um, shoot. I would say just focusing on what you can control right in front of you um, and understanding that your opportunity is going to come. What's more fun, scoring a touchdown yourself, running it in, or throwing pass? Throwing, 100%. What uh, makes it more exciting? It's not just my touchdown, it's somebody else's. So um, it's always good when somebody else can celebrate their execution and what they did in that play. That's a team guy right there if he's saying, hey, I, I want to share a touchdown with somebody else. That's Anthony Brown. Why do you think the team loves them? Exactly. I think you're right. I mean, there's we've heard so many different student athletes throughout the the course of the season talk about just how how much they love them. I mean, you heard Alex Forsyth earlier in the show. He was joking about how, you know, I'd like be like to see my quarterback slide a little bit more as an offensive lineman. But you also love that he puts his body out there. He makes plays. He, he's the lead blocker for a lot of Oregon's touchdowns. I mean, it yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Anthony Brown coming up next. We're going to learn a little bit about ACLs and the recovery process in your Slocum Center minute. Then. Ron McKinley. We can hear from the general on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome to the Slocum Center Minute. Slocum Center orthopedic doctors are located here in Eugene and are the official orthopedic team physicians for your beloved Oregon Ducks. With me, I have Dr. Lucas Korchek, a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon at Slocum Center for orthopedics and sports medicine, discussing ACL injuries. Dr. Korchek, describe the ACL, what it stands for, why it's important to an athlete for their performance. The ACL is the anterior cruciate ligament. It's the most important ligament that stabilizes your knee uh, for anterior translation and also control during pivoting, which is very important for our athletes. We always hear ACL injuries are one of the more common in, in sports. What's that like going through that recovery process for somebody that does injure the ACL? 
Injuring your ACL is, uh, on one hand, a very devastating injury. You can't participate in most sports with a damaged ACL. But on the other hand, it's an injury that you can recover from and return to a full level of participation with treatment. Why is it that some athletes are able to recover quicker than others from an ACL injury? When you damage your knee, it's usually a pivoting injury, and more can be damaged than just the ACL. Uh, Isolated injuries have a higher... uh, have a quicker return to sport, whereas an injury with a meniscus tear or bone damage uh, could delay your healing. Dr. Korchak, thanks for the information and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. That was the Slocum Center Minute brought to you by Slocum Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, the official orthopedic sports medicine team physicians for University of Oregon Athletics since 1967. As my family continued to grow, I realized I'd have to replace my beloved Jeep with something that has, well, more seats. I'm Jason Hines, country financial rep and father of seven. Whether you're upgrading from your sporty ride with no room for a car seat or finally replacing your well-loved beater that still has a cassette player, you'll want the right protection for your new car. Work with a country financial rep like me and get the protection you need at a price you can afford. Learn more at takesimplesteps.com or contact a local country representative. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, football is back! So consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment? Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. (sighs) That's what I like. This is Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. You're not too cool for me. And in return, I reciprocate that sentiment. I'll never be too cool for you. I was a man with a plan, but now I'm a dad with a decree, and you can't take that from me. Please let it be noted that I told my job they can dock my pay. Right now, it's just too important to take you to school every day. I want to be legendary for you. I want you to puff out your chest when you go to school the same way I do. I walk taller because of you, because I found everything to live for. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ed Council. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and experiences connect through conversation, and it feels good. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together. Start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Welcome back into the Country Financial Studio. Sean McPherson and Joey Mack here. We are back on Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. It's time to listen to the general, one of the best players with the media, bar none. Let's go ahead and listen to what Verone McKinley, your nation's leader in interceptions, had to say Tuesday with the media. Yeah, I want to ask you just about uh, what you've learned from Javon Holland. I know you keep up with the NFL and see what he's doing there. Just talk about what you think about him and what you learned from him uh, while he was here in Oregon. Uh, what I think about him, that's my guy. Like that's Since we I got recruited here, we had always been in contact, and that's kind of why our relationship was so strong here. And We were inseparable. We had the YouTube channel. We talk every day still to this day. And then 
One thing is, our dads are both coaches, so it was just easier for us. We understood the game mentally and then just the physical side, always going over techniques or what we've seen from the quarterback, tight end, stances, alignments, all of that. So always bouncing ideas off each other, always trying to get better. And I literally, it was funny because um, I guess I talked to him before his game, of course, and after his game, I was like, I'm going to have to go one-up you. And so that's, that's so it. How, how often do you keep in contact with him on a week-to-week basis? Every day. We talk every day still. So. You made a point of shouting out Popo and Brandon on Twitter this morning. What have they done that led you to do that? Um, they're just guys who just, they may not make the tackle, but triple team. I saw Popo was getting triple teamed. Doris gets a one-on-one. KT gets a one-on-one. We've seen Doris get triple teamed. Then Popo gets the tackle. So two guys who, you know, five gets a lot of the attention because, I mean, he's a monster. But it was like two guys who have it all. They do everything. They're, they have the pass rush. They have the ability to get off blocks. And they've just done a great job and create havoc for us, especially in the back end as well, with getting their hands on balls and, and things like that. Is that something you're able to appreciate in game, or does it really have to be kind of more when you're watching film after the fact? It's a little bit of both. You you know when, like, the quarterback's running around, you know guys up front are eating and doing a good job. And so that's why I went to – I'm always big on them and making sure the D-line gets some love because it's not just secondary. What kind of Utah team were you expecting on Saturday? One that's ready to play. A physical, good quarterback, good tight ends. Britton Covey, really good receiver who's been there for a while. So they're going to be locked and loaded. I'm sure the, the crowd's going to be into it. It'll be a good atmosphere. So they'll be ready to play for sure. Cam Rising's effective in the air and on the run. How do you prepare for a quarterback like that? Is it just you watch the scheme and see what they're going to do, or do you anticipate it? Um, it's a little bit of both. For for me in the back end, it's always tracking him, no matter where he is, especially he gets out the pocket. And then from the D-line perspective, you want to kind of close the pocket so he sits he sits more in the middle. He's not able to escape, make the, t- the run lanes tight, and that's pretty much how you kind of contain him. Now, he took over as QB1. Utah's obviously had much better success with him on their record. Do you guys even watch any of that game tape in that first four games of the year before he was QB1? Um, no, we've seen a little bit, but we kind of, you know, you want to see the, the games that have happened most recently. I mean, he's done a good job. He really has taken over that team, and they, they really believe in him and trust him. You can tell he's he's the one that gets them going and keeps them rolling, so he's going to be a big impact this next year. These two teams, you and Utah, are very similar and dominate the line of scrimmage, power run games. Just It, it seems like their strength it's strength on strength type of deal of this, of this week. That's, I feel like that's probably the best way to put it. Two teams, we're going to go at it. They're going to throw some shots. We're going to throw some shots. It's just about keep going, continue to keep fighting. Good, bad, ugly. I've always said it. Stay poised no matter what it is. I'm just going to keep going. And when, you know, the horn's over, just maybe you want to know. Your defense really seems like it's turned the corner the last few weeks. Just talk about what the difference has been recently and uh, the level, I mean, the ceiling potentially for this defense. I would say we've gotten some guys back. That's been big, just getting guys back. And then the mental side, everybody's understanding this defense. You know, system's still a little bit, it was still a little bit new. So, you know, get into games, get into the flow of it. Guys get hurt, new guys coming in. So it's never really just set in stone. Now we have all those guys back. We're rolling. And then just, we wanted to be consistent. We said from the beginning of the year, why not us? Why can't we be the best defense in the country? Why can't we get takeaways? Why can't we do all this? Like, why not? And so we've taken pride in that, and we continue to just get better every day. We go to practice. We want to get better. Everybody's coming in, smiling on their face, ready to go, learn and get better. So, How much do you think that affected things? I mean, trying to get used to a new scheme, and you guys just lost so many guys early on. It, was that maybe more difficult to overcome than some people realize? Um, I would say the injuries were a little big just because, you know, you had guys going down left and right. 
And when you see it, it's, it's almost discouraging, but you realize you got to keep going and we got to get young guys ready to go. So now that we have depth, guys came back, we have young guys that are ready to go as well. So if somebody needs a breather, boom, we can throw a young guy in, he's ready to go. So I think that's helped us. And then we've just continued to understand football. Our, our coaches have done a great job of just understanding concepts, leverages, how the defense works and how to play good team defense, which has allowed us to play these past few games really good at all three levels. And not just the D-line did well, but the secondary didn't play that well. Or the linebackers did good, but the D-line was all playing in unison, and that's what's helped us. There's so many young guys who, I mean, boss, that keep around come to mind, who probably wouldn't have gotten much of a shot this season if those injuries hadn't happened. Obviously, injuries are never a good thing, but do you think it's helpful for the depth, obviously, to have some of those guys get thrown into the fire like they did? Definitely. Football's a developmental sport, so for them to get being Ohio State first game they really played and they're playing on one of the biggest stages out there it helps them out so I think that's helped them continue to progress and it'll just help them in the long run as well. How important has Jordan Happel been to this team because he didn't play much earlier on in the year now he's starting and playing and making big plays it seems like almost every game. Hap is another guy that's similar to me that really understands football and he's basically like a coach on the field so when we're able to play together, it makes things a lot easier for everybody else because you know we're going to stay on top of everything. We're efficient in tackling. We're efficient in coverage, and we understand everything that's going on. So we don't need for Coach Yates to have to yell something out. We see it, address it, get it to everybody else, and so we can move on, and that's what he's huge. He's a Swiss Army knife. He knows all the positions. He knows the entire defense as well, so he's been huge. The weather on Saturday looks, I guess, chilly compared to here. going to be, I think, a low of like 35. Do you guys, I guess, alter your game plan because of the temperature? Is that something mentally you have to get over? I mean, I know the weather's the weather, but... No. I mean, it's different when it rains or it's, like, wet outside, but just cold, hot, it, that doesn't really affect us as much, so... Johnny mentioned the other day that you and him are sort of in charge of picking the uniform combinations each week. Can you take me through that process and, like, how much creative freedom do you have there? So... It kind of started back in the spring when we kind of get our uniforms together, what helmets we like, what uniform combinations we like. Figure that out. We've had meetings with Nike, do that. And then once we get everything in, we make the final decisions, show coach, make sure he's good with it. And then me and Johnny went through and picked out just every uniform for each game, what we liked, what we thought would look good. And we wanted to keep switching it up. We knew what we had wanted to switch it up, things that would pop, that would look better, com comparing it to what another team would wear. So it's just having fun with it, something that we like to do. We always want to look good as well. You look good, you feel good, you play good. White helmets and white pants doesn't happen at home here quite, a, a while. <laughs> quite often. We Basically, the inspiration for that was the 2014 championship. We were like, we like that uniform, so we're going to try to do it. And we did the black one earlier in the year, so we like to do it with white. So. Any other inspirations from that team? Um, another team kind of has a similar story to ours. So it's almost, a, almost like a tribute. Are there combinations that you guys just had to leave on the cutting room floor that you wish could have seen the light of day? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I feel like we've done a good job. We got some heat coming this week. Okay, are, you guys, so. are you guys usually in agreement pretty well on what you Oh, yeah. We're, no, well, we've had some arguments before. <laughs> we've had some arguments, me, Cruz, and Kenny, and Johnny, but for the most part, it's been pretty good. What so. if one of your teammates doesn't like it? Do they tell you, I guess, they have a different style than yours? How do you we, take that criticism? We have that issue sometimes, and then they'll put it on and be like, oh, okay, it looks good, it looks good, <laughs> so. Do we get any hints for this weekend? We'll have some type of white on. That's it. You ever want to do that? Post-career, I know you want to get into commentary, too, journalism, but. Open to it. Come holla at me.
<laughs> Multiple careers. <laughs> I mean, the reason I said is because Tim Day, who played tight end here, right. is a big Nike guy and designing shoes and stuff like that. Is is that kind of why you get involved? Is it can maybe open the door down the road? Definitely. Some testing gloves, cleats, understanding what I like, things from the past that we could bring back. And then I like shoes off the field, just style. And I have my other account where I like to put things on there. So that just goes into it as well. I'm versatile. How did it come about that you and Johnny were the two that choose? We're always in Kenny's office, just in there chilling, and we we have some you know swag on the field, so we're like we can just do it. Right. <laughs> some more insight from the jerseys uh, during the <laughs> end of that interview. Cracks me up. Two weeks in a row now. Johnny Johnson the third gave the media the inside, and now the general Rowan McKinley he gave some insight on the jerseys. So he's looking to make some big plays against Utah this weekend. Expect for him to have another big week. But we're gonna step aside here on Duck Insider. When we come back, we are gonna talk schedule. For all around Oregon athletics, you're listening to the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab a nice cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the dew. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. More Duck Insider coming up on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Learn more at Cheek and STEM. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. A lot of interviews on the show today. Uh, Joey Mack back here with Sean McPherson uh, getting ready for Oregon Volleyball tonight. Uh, that's right. Volleyball is in a big matchup tonight. It's in Pullman, Sean. Uh, this is a critical matchup for the Ducks at the end of the season. They all matter here, just like football. They're playoff games. Ducks want to be in the top 16 to host an Oregon Volleyball tonight, 6 o'clock in Pullman, a chance to knock off the Cougs and get closer and closer to a top 16 seed. Oh, it's going to be a huge deal. If Oregon could finish this, these last four matches out strong, they're going to take on these Washington schools who both beat them at Matthew Knight Arena the first time around. Washington was close. Washington State, not so much. And then they're going to take on Arizona and then Oregon State, which I think the team would tell you, well, they wouldn't tell you, but 
you know, those on paper are more winnable matches. So it kind of comes down to the Washington schools this weekend. And Washington State tonight, Ducks are looking for revenge. Remember, UCLA swept them. Mm-hmm. Ducks came back for some revenge. Looking to get some revenge after Washington State. Yeah, that's our Toyota Women's Sports Schedule Spotlight tonight. Uh, It's on Pac-12 Insider. You can find the streaming link on the Oregon Volleyball Schedule page, like for every sport. Uh, And then, don't look look now, but Oregon Women's Basketball, 2 o'clock on Saturday. Ducks in the Bahamas. Terry Johns will have the call. Programming note uh, with football going on that day as well. In Eugene, that broadcast will be on 95.3 The Score. All right? We've We've done it. Tomorrow, we're making picks. See you then. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Watch out! You got me! The galaxy is safe once again. In the pretend universe, kids play with pretend guns. In the real world, it's up to us to make sure they don't get their hands on a real gun. If you have a gun in the house, keep it locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Uh oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart, heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> Listening to Doc Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Oregon Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.